0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Jordan Paris Show. If you know me, you know that human behavior is one of my favorite things to study. Human nature, human behavior, body language, communication in general, my favorite things to study. I love reading books about them. And today I've got an absolute treat for you in the world of human behavior. We're going to be analyzing Joe Biden and Donald Trump purely from a human behavior perspective. And to do that, I brought on my friend Chase Hughes. A little bit about Chase. He is a leading behavior expert in the United States and the number one bestselling author of several books on tactical behavior skills. He's the author of the worldwide number one bestselling book on advanced persuasion, influence, and behavior profiling. That book is called The Ellipsis Manual, Analysis and Engineering of Human Behavior, one of my favorite books. Chase teaches elite groups, government agencies, and police in behavior science skills, including behavior profiling, nonverbal analysis, deception detection. He's really good at detecting that. Uh, Interrogation and advanced behavioral investigation. His tactical behavior science course is a critical life-saving course designed for law enforcement, and his human tradecraft course is specifically designed for intelligence operations personnel who depend heavily on serious human behavior skills. Chase also developed the groundbreaking world's first interrogation behavior analysis tool and the TFCA cycle that revolutionized law enforcement training in the U.S. He is also the creator of the Pre-Violence Indicators Index, designed to alert personnel to pre-attack behaviors and save lives. Chase was also a chief in the U.S. Navy for 20 years up until 2018, where he was the lead curriculum developer for tactical operations, among many other duties in the Navy. You can check out Chase at ChaseUse.com and look up the behavior panel on YouTube. Chase is wicked smart, a really good guy, really great giver. I've known him for a couple of years now. He's been on the podcast a couple of times when it was Growth Mindset University, and we met up at the Ritz-Carlton in Naples, and I'm really excited for you to hear this brief conversation today. Here it is. All right. Chase Hughes, welcome to the show. It's, uh, it's wonderful to have you on again. First time in person. We've yeah. done We've done several podcasts not in person. Uh, known you online for a couple of years, so we've been internet friends for a few years, and so it's a it's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, man. This, and you were one of the first few podcasts I went on a couple of years ago. Mm.
0: I, I want to relate this actually to so politics: Donald Trump and and Joe Biden. Yeah. What in, in and I know you've analyzed both of them on the behavior panel on your YouTube show. Uh-huh. Uh, which which by the way, congrats on on just the 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 success of that. I have watched it go grow from. You know, under a thousand subscribers, under ten thousand to oh, what, over a hundred thousand. I don't even know what it's what it's at now. What, do you I know? think we're, we're at one hundred and thirty-five. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Like it's real. Some of them have like four million views. Like I think the Prince Andrew one yeah. does. Yeah, really, really well done. On that you guys just hit the you nail know, on the head every time. No surprise that it's just getting shared over and over again. Yeah, but thanks. with with Donald Trump and Joe Biden, like I said, I know you've analyzed them in general. What do you What do you think about from a human behavior perspective, what do you? I know a very broad question, but what do you think about Donald Trump? And I'll ask obviously the same for for Joe
1: Biden. Donald Trump has fantastic numbers. He's done a lot for the country mm-hmm. from a political perspective, but from a behavioral perspective, yeah, who
0: he is, his character. People talk about his character all the time.
1: Yeah, I think he lacks self control. I think yeah. he is what a psychologist would refer to as a malignant narcissist.
0: Ah, malignant narcissist, meaning? Is is that different from like a regular narcissist? Yes, it's a
1: narcissist who specifically puts other people further down in order to raise themselves up instead of just elevating their status and making themselves look cool or successful. And they typically do that their whole life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can go back to the 1980s and look at his uh, interview with Larry King, yeah. and you could still see it there in, yes. in Larry King. So he's, he's been that way for a long time. He didn't get into office and then change into somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's what I think about Trump. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Before you said malignant narcissist, you said something else. What, what was it? I think he lacks self control. Okay, yes. And in, in what sense?
1: I think if he didn't have thumbs for tweeting, I think he would be a lot more accepted from people. I mean, so much of his behavior... I'm not going to talk about my political views here, but from a behavioral perspective, I'd rather a person set a behavioral example just of composure, maturity, Mm -hmm. candor, all of those personal qualities. I'd rather have Obama set the example for my kids.
0: Composure is the word.
1: Yeah, composure is where it's at. Totally. Any, uh, Any pros to
0: his character?
1: Yes. He has no problem people disliking him. Mm. And he has no problem good. pissing some people off, which is a good trait. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to get something done, he will absolutely get it done. Yes. And I think he comes from a great advantage point because he ran for office four years ago under the specific guise of these people are disgusting and corrupt. I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna bring the country up, and I'm gonna, you know, he had the whole "drain the swamp" uh, yes, catchphrase. Yes, yeah, uh, but I think that I think that's one of his really good qualities and one of the redeeming qualities of him is that he is hard nosed to put our country first, and that's what people mm. really like.
0: What about in terms of his gestures, and his body language? I think that the most common gesture of his is this. You know, I know people can't see, but it's the yeah. what would you what would you call this? How would you describe what I'm doing right now for people? So he puts
1: his hands out. He's exposing his palms yes. a lot. Parallel,
0: like same, symmetrical, but yeah. same on both sides.
1: Yeah. So a lot of his gestures are very symmetrical. So if yeah. you're wanting to look for when he's off or when someone's got him pissed off, you'll see asymmetry in his really? body, asymmetry in his face, wow. asymmetry in his shoulders. Wow. Same exact thing.
0: Yes. Are, are there a couple, I, I, very tough question, but off the top of your head, are, is there, are there any specific instances that you can recall where he's asymmetrical?
1: Yeah, if you watch him during either one of the debates. Oh, wow. The moment the question starts getting asked that really pisses him off or really gets under his skin, you'll see him lean back. Yeah. One shoulder goes further away. One hand starts moving instead of two. And the more confident he is in a statement, the closer his fingers will be together. So he'll, and I'm kind of demonstrating this to you, but I just pretend like your listeners can see this. So he says, you know, our country has this, this, and this, and his fingers are completely together. And we're working on a solution to the drug problem. And then his fingers spread out right when he says that. So you can tell the moment he lacks confidence in one of his statements. A
0: vaccine's coming in two weeks.
1: Yeah, and then the fingers spread out. Oh, wow.
0: Now, let's turn our attention to Joseph R. Biden. What are some pros and cons? Let's do the same format. What are some cons?
1: Yeah, so for cons... Obviously from the human behavior perspective. From a behavioral perspective, Biden's cons are that he is easily ran over. He's interrupted easily. Mm -hmm. And he tends to be an apologetic type of person. So he'll apologize for whatever someone wants him to apologize for. So I think he lacks a little bit of... A spine. I think self esteem is is the word. wow. And you can see that on the stage when he's getting asked some hard questions. And his behaviors when he is off kilter will typically be a strong statement before his answer. He'll either repeat the question... He'll look down and shake his head like he's looking at notes. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. he did that throughout the whole debate. Yeah. Or he'll take a little bit back. You'll see him back away from a podium or take a little step back on a stage at a town hall meeting and get some distance between him and the person asking the question. And then he'll start off with, come on, man, or, you yeah. know, one of those statements. To yeah. He knows the statement so well that it requires no brain power to say it. So that buys him time. Come on, man, buys him time. Yeah. You know what
0: else buys some time? Folks. Look.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are all of the all of the little time-buying phrases that he uses.
0: I love I love when he says those two words.
1: Yeah, and we could I mean, we could write a book about the adjectives that that Trump likes to use.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bigly. Yeah, Bigly. Bigly. yeah what do you make what do you make of of those? Hy- hyperbolic.
1: They are. I mean, they're all at a level where a fourth grader would understand it. Yes. And I think one of the reasons that he was elected is that people don't follow the best ideas. They follow the most followable ideas. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be clear, concise, understandable, yes. and confident. And that's it. Yes. And that's enough to trigger half the country to say, that's the person we need to follow. He's very followable because yeah. everything is is clear.
0: Yeah. You know what I've picked up with, with him, with, with Trump, is... When he tends to use those hyperbolic phrases, I, I find that it's it's almost a sign of weakness. It's almost a sign of insecurity of maybe that it isn't the greatest or the best or that maybe the the best you know the best scientists are, they're great companies. it's a great vaccine. it's coming in two weeks uh, when, when he speaks in these hyperbolic terms, maybe he's not so sure yeah. of, of the outcome. could it could it be in, you know not in all maybe not in all cases, but could it be that is my theory? Somewhat on, or is it off?
1: I think it's on. Yeah. I think it's on. I think he's more likely to use that when he's selling yeah. an idea. And when he's, he's giving you a piece of information, yeah. there's, less, there's less of those adverbs and adjectives in there.
0: Right. The, the, way, the way I was thinking about it is with, with Robert Greene, he talks about deciphering the, the shadow in his book, mm-hmm. The Laws of Human Nature. Have you read that book, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my favorite book. Yeah, that's uh, great. Two of my favorite books are, are, are the Ellipsis Manual, of course, Analysis and Engineering of Human Behavior, and, and the Laws of Human Nature. They're both on my favorite shelf. I'm not kidding. Well, thanks for saying that. I'll give you a check after we're done. <laughs> but deciphering the shadow side with contradictory behavior, I believe he says, and you know, when you look at these overly emphatic traits in somebody, you know, maybe they make an extreme show of of virtue or an extreme. Yeah, I'll stick with the virtue example. Usually. And he actually on the on the podcast used this example that uh, social justice warriors, think social justice warriors, they're always so virtuous, always so morally superior, always on the right side of things, always politically correct, always so full of peace and love. But they're actually revealing with, with these extreme shows of virtue, especially when they have to prove to people how virtuous they are in social media, they're actually revealing the exact opposite about themselves, that they're right. actually full, his words, not mine, full of demons, darkness, and and Pent up aggression and and hatred, and they they really prove it when you disagree with them, and you've you know you've committed you've committed a thought crime, and they you they yeah. disagree with you, and they make your life miserable. They hound you on Twitter, they send vitriol in your DMs. Example the other day, somebody sends uh, spewed some vitriol and hatred in my DMs on Instagram, replying to one of my stories, obviously having to do with politics, and this girl. It was, it was a long message. And I go to her profile. I never respond to these people. But the, the, Any time someone writes me and there's a thing yeah. on the bottom that says, read more, yeah. I don't even. Right, right, <laughs> ever, right, right,
1: right.
0: I click on. Well, I go to this person's profile. It says, in her bio, it says, spread, spread kindness. I said, oh, I can't resist this one. I, said, I replied. I said, keep spreading kindness. And she got all wrapped up again. She kept on going. I, I didn't believe. even open it. But I think that, yes, that these extreme shows of virtue and, and back to, you know, Donald Trump, these extreme shows of confidence reveal the exact opposite sometimes. Yeah. Yes.
1: I think any time we're seeing an extreme behavior on one side mm. or when when someone is behaving a certain way with any kind of insecurity, any kind of flaw, it's typically indicative of secret shame
0: secret about shame. a subject. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. We got sidetracked with Joe Biden. What about, are there any, besides, you know, uh, with, okay, so with Trump, I mentioned, you know, what he does with his hands Yeah, as, as really the most common thing. With, with Biden, you know, folks look, you know, he's buying time, but anything, is there any gestures that he relies on that you can think of off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, so... If Biden is using one hand, he's a little less certain. And it's always his oh, right. I do remember this in your in one of your
0: yeah, analyzing the debate, the first debate. Yeah.
1: yeah. So if he's trying to get you to just accept something on face value or he's not really certain of what he's saying, his right hand comes up to about shoulder level and then out and then back down to his side. Just kind of a dismissive gesture. This is a fact. Don't don't pay any attention to it. You need to just accept this, and I'm
0: going to keep moving along. Yes. Yeah. So non-answer statements. This is something that in in debates, it, uh, every you talk about non-answer statements in the Ellipsis Manual, your first yeah. book. And I know you've come out with several books since. But every single thing, every single answer to a question in a, in a presidential debate, it is always a non-answer. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that?
1: Well, just like in the book, a non-answer is a potentially deception indicating statement. And before we before we get into it, let me do the positives of Joe Biden before someone wrecks your DMs.
0: Oh, I thought we didn't oh, we didn't do it. <laughs> well, yeah, go go for it. Yes. So, Joe is a charisma
1: machine. Yeah, yeah. He connects with people. Someone asks him a question in the audience. He's looking directly at that one person. Mm. He steps away from the podium. Sometimes he walks to the edge of the stage or the edge of the town hall thing. And he he physically gets close to that person, makes full eye contact, listens to the entire question. He's nodding his head. Someone asked Trump a question at one of those things. He's looking around. He's pointing (laughs) pointing at other people. You know, he's distracted. So Mm. Biden's a connection machine. And he really excels at connecting with other people and making people feel understood and heard. Yes. And that's his, that's his superpower, for Any, sure. Anything else? I would say he's got a lot. I think the way that he is able to deflect questions, and this is going to sound like a negative, but it's every, every politician is full of shit. So every politician, I, I, I agree. Is, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. they're all doing that. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying that someone, yeah. just one class of people, do this. But Biden has a very uncanny ability to deflect a question in a way that it produces a little bit of anxiety in the person asking the question. Mm-hmm. Like he might. answered this in a way to where, if I go back, I'm going to look like an a hole. So oh. I asked him about social security, right? And he deflects a little bit and then starts talking about people dying. So now if I go back to social security, I don't care about those people dying. Uh-huh. And he is uh-huh. an expert uh-huh. at this. Which is a great, I mean, yes. this is one of the great, great political yeah. tactics, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, do you think to uh, and I, will, I want to get back to the non-answers, but a couple of of questions on these on them. You say they're both very smart. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you say, and I don't think either of them are, but don't let my answer influence yours. Neither of them are, but do you you think any of them are are racist? No, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what what I thought too. Now the non-answers in in the debates, what do you make of this?
1: Anytime. So let me just unpack what a non-answer statement is. Mm -hmm. And there's a few different ways you can do this. So a non-answer statement is you ask someone a question and what they say in return does not answer your question at all. So if I say, Jordan, what would you do when you left work on Wednesday? And you say, well, I do a lot of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what's really important is the economy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's a
0: non-answer statement because yeah. it didn't answer. The Can question. I give you an example? I think this might have been after I read your book, but oh no, it was right before I read your book, like a month before I read your book. I was with this girl, and she would like ask me a super stupid question. People are really gonna cringe at this, but she'd be like, you know, in the middle of the night, like how how much do you like me? One one to ten, and I would on and I honestly didn't like her that much, and I would give her I, I would kind of give her a non answer, like I would I wouldn't really answer the question. I'd be like, like why does that matter? It's so subjective. I how can I like pinpoint a number. I, I would, every time, and it was actually, it was actually, yes, yeah, it because I, I honestly didn't like her that much. Yeah. And it, and look, it seems I, like I, she knew it. <laughs> it. seems like it. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: another, another great example would be like, let's say I ask you the same question. I said, Jordan, what did you do when you left work on Wednesday? And you said, well, I usually go straight home. Ah. So that's a non-answer mixed with an ambiguous statement. Yeah designed to like confuse me which is an eight on the deception Mm. scale so you need an 11 on the deception scale to be pretty much that person's lying but this that that will be an eight so in the end the the non-answer statements are not deceptive in themselves it's a potential deception indicator yes so you would need to look up other things that they're doing they're shaking their head no while they're saying that something did happen their gestures, like if their hand
0: is moving, I love noticing to that the by rhythm. the way, the no while 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 saying yes, shaking yeah. your head no while saying yes. The no forty five you called in the ellipsis manual. What yeah. was the other thing I interrupted? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> the oh, other yeah. other deception other deception indicators.
1: Yeah, there's a million of them. But one great one is if someone's talking and we we've all seen someone that moves their hand to the rhythm of what they're saying. Yeah.
0: I remember Joe would do that when looking at the, at the camera straight yes. away in the debates. Yeah.
1: That is called a baton gesture. It's, yes. it's truthful, yeah. and it's truthful. But if the rhythm of the hand and the voice don't match each other, then the gesture is absolutely fabricated. Because mm-hmm. we don't have to think about timing when we mean something. Mm-hmm. The only time we have to think about the timing of
0: that is when we're being deceptive. Well, Chase, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed a different approach to talking about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Definitely a unique yeah, conversation. My least There's... favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> yeah. this, this was just snippets of of we we barely scratched the surface. You have such you and and your behavior panel. You have such great analyses of Trump, Biden, and and so Prince Andrew and 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 carol baskin and and on and on and on like any whatever is in the spotlight in uh, in the world at the moment yeah you, you tend to train your eye on that and uh well i mean then put it, it out it, in perfect timing and and yeah. i i highly highly recommend uh, the behavior panel on youtube i, I throw Thanks. it up and i put youtube on on my tv and i i throw it up there uh for some dinners um you know i do it every week or every other week or yeah it's so. certainly a lot of fun to film and you
1: know covering current events Secretly, I'll tell you. It, it helps our algorithm, <laughs> you know, so we can grow, grow the channel and stuff. But it is the most fun part of my week every week is filming those episodes. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I know, uh, yes, the Ellipsis Manual, Analysis and Engineering of Human Behavior. Great book. I, I'll show you after this how many highlights I, I have in the book. I, I know it's cool for, like, authors to see. Yeah. Uh, but also you have, uh, you're, you've come up with two new books in 2020, yeah?
1: uh one this year and one comes out next week or November 20th it'll yes, be out yes and and they're they're fiction one of them is fiction so the first book a is- human behavior book in fiction in fiction very cool. it's a mind control thriller with using psychology hypnosis brainwashing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh, it's soon to be a television series as well very nice and the book coming out November 20th is called the six minute x-ray rapid behavior profiling and that book is basically a instruction manual on how to profile a person down to the bare bones mm. the secrets the hidden information in six minutes or less
0: well there's a, a world of a, a a great uh world of information that for people to discover about you like i said we've only scratched the surface in, in yeah. this podcast today uh, Chase, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. appreciate it, man. That was fun. Thanks. There you have it. That's my conversation with my friend Chase Hughes. I hope that this was a fun listen for you today. Now, afterwards, Chase told me why he strongly dislikes talking politics, at least on podcasts and on his show, The Behavior Panel. Here's what he had to say. thought it was pretty interesting.
1: What I think is really fascinating is what's called confirmation bias if somebody comes to our youtube channel and we do an analysis of trump and biden so we're, we're doing an equal down the middle this is what's negative here here's the deception indicators here down the middle the people who are on the conservative side will think that we're siding with the other side yes. and the people who are on the left will think we're siding with the people on the right, mm-hmm. depending on what they see. So it's funny that they only see the negative aspects of the person they don't like. And when, the, when we're saying something negative about their hero, Trump or Biden, yes. they're saying, nah, I don't think that's true. Right. So we're ju- they're just looking for the things that confirm their beliefs.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think... Cognitive dissonance in a way to confirmation yeah. by some of you have it. I think Oregon, it's Canada.
1: scary. Yeah. It's really scary that we're ignoring stuff that disagrees with us. Yes. And in the comments section on YouTube, how how good we all are on the behavior panel, our level of expertise depends on how much what we say agrees with those people.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: the only people who think we're experts oh, yeah. are the people who hear us and already agreed before the video started.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a little scary.
0: It is. Yeah. What do you think that means about our world?
1: I think that confirmation bias has been pushed into us. And over time, the media gets money the more you watch. Same with Facebook, same with YouTube or Instagram. If you leave the app, they're losing money. So their whole job is to keep you there. The whole job of every TV station is to keep you there. What's one thing that captures focus more than anything else? Fear. Fear. So imagine 100 million years ago, you live in this little 200-person tribe, and every day you go out and, like, shoot a fox or kill a deer and bring it home or go fishing. And every day on your way back to the village, you walk past this bush, and it's right beside you. And one day, you've got a big fox or something behind you, you're dragging it home. And as you're walking past the bush, a stick snaps behind the bush. How much of your focus in that moment is thinking about the welfare of your children or the the how and whether or not the village is on fire? You don't care. A thousand percent of your focus is on that stick. Why did a stick break behind that bush? So the media continues to figure out new ways. So if you read a manual on modern day marketing, it's a way to make people hear a stick break and and mandate their brains to start paying attention to you. It's when we see stuff in in the media on on Facebook and on Instagram, they're only showing you what you like or you're going totally. to leave the app. Totally. I'm not going to I'm not going to see articles that disagree with my political views because I'll leave the app. Yeah. That is scary. Yes. That we don't have equal access to everything.
0: Yeah, I don't think social media is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. My next book is about that. Really? Yeah. Social media. And and, and what you just talked about. Yeah, the, the echo chamber. It's a
1: it's a fiction book, uh, but the title of the next next book after phrase seven is called The Fear Architect.
0: There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Jordan Paris Show. Now, if you enjoy today's episode, there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one is of course share with your friends and family. I think that they would really appreciate it. Number two, we have a free community a sensor free community on telegram you can join that group at jordanparis.com/group i'd love to meet you and lastly your voice is powerful and it is important and if you'd like to use your voice and start your own podcast i'd love to help you out jordanparis.com/course is where you can find my free course on how to become a rockstar podcaster that's all thanks everyone for listening and i'll catch you on the next episode of the jordan Paris show.